Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again for the mailbag edition it's Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you this morning? Doing well. Uh, got through the rainy weekend in Baton Rouge, and while the sun did not uh, come out this morning, still pretty overcast, we did get some big news on the recruiting front, and this is not a recruiting pod. Correct. But we did want to at least lead off with this and let people know. On Monday morning, January 30th, LSU announced the launch of Bayou Traditions. Uh, Scott Woodward put out a video, a number of quotes. I'm looking at his article now, uh, but basically this is the NIL collective that LSU is going to be partnership partnering with moving forward. So they announced the launch of the, the collective Bayou Traditions, which is a Baton Rouge based collective. And then LSU obviously at the same time uh, says that they will be the official partner uh, or I guess the official collective of LSU athletics and the title sponsor for LSU gold, uh, which as many people know is uh, LSU's, <clears throat> kind of uh, all the extended uh, documentary and uh, different type stuff. The path from the football team was on there, but the big news here is that LSU has a collective that they're tied into now. And this isn't a collective where it's, it's geared more towards Maddie B the fans than, you know, mm-hmm. your biggest major boosters. And yeah. On the Bayou Traditions website where you can support and um, click what you want to give. They've got these six tiers starting with $10 a month in the purple teal tier uh, to $5,000 a month in the go tier. So you're looking at $100. There's a $100 annual donation. There's a $50,000 up to $50,000. So everything between $100 and $50,000 falls into this collective and uh, you can even put in there which sport you want to donate to. I know LSU fans have been asking forever, when is LSU going to be partnered with the collective? When is it, um, you know, when are they going to catch up in the arms race to a lot of these schools who are already doing this? Now, we've seen Scott Woodward working diligently behind the scenes. This is something I can tell you that's been in the process for well over a year. Uh, but now it's made official. It's launched. Fans can go on there and Maddie B, there's a lot of people who always say, I'm a fan. I want to give money. Where do I do it? Now, this is the answer. You can give as little as 10 bucks a month if you want to. Yeah, that was that was my question because the whole past year, it's been like, you know, like you said, it's been people wanting to give, but not sure where to give, not sure how to give it. It felt very, um, I don't want to say unorganized because obviously they were organized and they were building towards this clearly, but that's just how it felt. It felt like it was very much like, hey, just, give it to the school and the school will give it up, give it away or something like that. Or obviously in the NIL era, it was a lot of those, you know, players on commercials. You go to Canes and you see KJ Williams has a cutout, like stuff like that. Um, it felt very um, or uh, company driven in a way. And now with this collective, it feels like it can, the school can help facilitate those a little bit more, a little bit better. And more importantly, it can help fans, figure out where to donate and how to 
donate to this to where it's not just Canes and Gordon giving uh, helping these kids out? No, 100% what you said is correct. It felt very, it was very, because there was no official collective that you could give where you knew it was going to LSU student-athletes. It was supported by LSU. It was the official title sponsor, or however you want to put it, uh, of the NIL space. It was businesses. And if you're an LSU fan, today you say, this is great, and then you send an extra prayer and a blessing up to Gordon McKernan because my man just carried the torch. Held it down. For a good year. Uh, you mentioned Canes. Obviously, a lot of businesses are getting involved, but Gordon has been front and center uh, with almost everything. So at least uh, individual-wise, here's a collective where it's not affiliated with any business. It just goes straight to the student-athletes. Um, I don't know if I mentioned there is a tab in there where you can say which sport you would prefer mm -hmm. the money go to, um, but they also did make it very clear, uh, Scott Woodward did, that the sole philanthropic uh, you know, philanthropic, philanthropic, uh, philanthropy, philanthropic. Uh, plural, uh, leg of this would be TAF, right? And TAF does scholarships. TAF does um, obviously different uh, renovations, things like that. A lot of TAF spreads their money in a lot of different ways. He said TAF will obviously still exist. It will be the main operating arm uh, in terms of educational opportunities, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he says scholarships, facilities, sports specific, all encompassing uh, operational support of LSU athletics is done through TAF. So this is kind of what schools are going to have to deal with now. You've got a place already that people give money to that helps the athletic department. Now there's a space to give money to that goes directly to the student athletes because that's what NILs created before the athletes were not getting, uh, you know, broken off here now that they are. This is kind of what it falls into. So I guess all these colleges are kind of hoping fans are going to double down. If you gave to TAF, you know, that's you continue to question. do that and then you give more to the other space. So it that's going to be one thing. ADs, I know, around the country and people who work in athletic departments are going to be watching of like, are people still going to give us money or are they going to give this collective money now? That's that's the biggest question. That's where um, you can get into a rabbit hole of debate for however you know many minutes or hours where it's like how do they because obviously they plan multiple years in advance like that i mean i knew the north texas athletic director that's now at west virginia and when he was at north texas he had a 20-year plan you know and you have you build that off of based off of revenue and you know uh, donations and stuff like that how do those plans kind of change if the amount you have to don't to designate towards a facility towards let's say the swim facility or the volleyball um facility anything like that how much does it change if that money is now going towards nil because if we're being honest if we're being real i think i mean we run a message board we understand how it goes is football gets is gonna get how high of a percentage of the nil money like whenever people click down and press preferred it's what 90 percent of people are gonna press football for that like that's what it's gonna be um but the thing is, you made this point on the message board on our board, and I think it's a good point. It's like the smaller sports aren't looking for NIL; they want facilities. No. Like the, the people who go there for, like I said, like volleyball or any of these uh, smaller sports, it's like they're not going there be to get the NIL deals like they are in football or basketball, right? They're going there be to compete for championships, sure. And how do you do that? You you get players through facilities, you get them through 
um, you know, staffs. You just have them well equipped to where they can travel well. Those type of things. That's more important than NIL for those smaller sports. So, no. um, will the NIL collective pull from that? Is the concern uh, for me when you look at the smaller sports and how they're impacted? No, one hundred percent. And I mean, think about that. You mentioned a great point there. Travel, like it's not just coaches or you know you don't want your smaller sports busing you know five states over when they could fly well all of these things come into an athletic department's budget and when you look at what taf can do for smaller sports with helping whether it is hey we need updated facilities as the golf team or like we recruit swimming and diving golf we recruit only international players really Yep. We need to be able to Dennis. fly to see all these people. We need to be able to bring them in on visits and NIL money doesn't matter to them. What matters is your pay. You know, we've got good coaches here because we pay them well. We've got good facilities because we've invested and updated in them. So the back and forth between how money is allocated always and has always been allocated to what it now means, how much of that percentage of people come out in an NIL collective and look, maybe the, the option ranges for Bayou Traditions are $100 a month or $100 a year to $50,000 a year. Those aren't like big money movers in TAF, you know, those. And so people who are above that, it even has in there like on Bayou Traditions, if you want to donate more than $50,000, you have to like email this person. Email us. It's a whole separate thing. Yeah. So I would think LSU and Woodward and all them know like, hey, look, our biggest donors are the ones that sort of drive TAF, drive raising money, getting drive, getting money to buy out in a, you know, football coaches at different periods where you need 20, 25 million. So perhaps this, you know, a collective does become just a thing dominated by the average fan who is wanting to give something, but doesn't necessarily give so much every year to Taft that it, you know, it hits them in a hard way. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, we know football is the revenue generator in in college athletics and that's not a secret but there is to me an immense amount of importance on those smaller sports in giving scholarships and allowing athletes uh, young athletes to be able to compete at a college level so i just that's where the it's going to be interesting to see how that's impacted if it's impacted at all and how they how scott woodward and other athletic directors plan um around that moving forward yeah well we'll get more info over time we did want to lead off the pod saying that it is now official. LSU Athletics has an NIL collective that it's partnered with, uh, officially partnered with, and we'll see kind of what it means moving forward. But as of right now, you can go on there and donate to the collective. You know, again, I think it's bayoutraditions.com. Uh, bayoutraditionscollective.com is the website. We've also got it posted uh, on the Bengal Tiger message board and in the story on the front page. So, you can go read all about what Woodward said. They put out a few videos. Tyron Matthew even did a video um, encouraging fans to donate and announcing the launch of it. So uh, all hands on deck. If you've got uh, Honey Badger and Woodward uh, pumping something <laughs> up, then it's the real deal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Yeah. Mailbag time, right? Um, we got some questions in football mailbag. Let's see. I'm uh, opening up your mailbag. Yeah. I read through them already, so I'm kind of prepared. Okay. I thought there were some good ones today. You really like one of these. They're the one of might be one of my favorite mailbag questions ever at the end. Okay. So, they, so hi, hopes here. Um, we'll get it going easy, uh, or at least with a straightforward one. Uh, Townsend 11 asked us which early enrolled high school player, there's 13 of them, or transfer portal guy, which there's 11 of them, are standing out thus far. So what they can do right now is they're conditioning, they're lifting, um, everything that you would do with the strength and conditioning staff, and then that staff hands it over to the coaches when spring ball begins in March. So it's early what they've been at it for almost two weeks now. Um, so news is just now trickling out, but I will say transfer portal wise. And I mentioned this in some tidbits, like when I've asked people, they were like, and again, they're not out there running routes and catching balls and going 11 on 11. It's just straight up watching guys work out and condition Yeah, that Aaron Anderson and Denver Harris are the real deal. They are, guys who belong in that locker room at a young age in terms of just overall talent. Uh, but no surprise there. They are the two highest rated transfers they took. Yeah, you wrote he, an article about this guy, but even since he arrived to campus, I've had more people tell me now than before he showed up that they're like, man, Ovia Gofu was a nice ad out of Texas. And he gives him a veteran at that edge spot, but you don't have Womack, who's your five-star signee right now because he's recovering from surgery. So you've only got a Gofi, uh, Ovia Gofu and Braden Swinson, a, a younger kid, really, edge rusher out of Oregon, who are playing those two spots. You would probably think now that, okay, through the spring, Obi is going to be a guy as a leader, you know, as a vet, Matty B, who you wrote about. He played well, and they played some big competition at Texas, including Bama, and he played well that game. But also a guy that suddenly for you can really help you out. I mean, he may well be getting first team reps in spring ball. Yeah. I mean, that's my expectation, especially like you said, with what, you know, we hear if he performs well uh, in the conditioning and everything like that, which we expect him to, I mean, this isn't his first go around he's going to be a sixth year player at this point in his career. So uh, I, I have high expectations for a gofa. We talked about it before. How surprised I was with how, well he played in those games i mean i watched them as a fan you know as just a football fan watched texas play alabama and watched texas play tcu and kansas state and stuff but when you go back and actually watch it and he wasn't someone who you know popped off the screen as far as stats goes as far as sacks goes or anything like that he had two and a half on the year but still when you focus in and watch him you're like okay he is someone who can contribute right away for lsu like yes he's not an nfl player but you don't have to be an nfl player to contribute at a high level um, especially when there's a question mark at the Jack position. but And then you get to the other two, Anderson and Harris. I think it's easy to forget that they're one year removed from <laughs> – they've, they've only been in college for one year, so this is going into their second year. So it's good to hear that they are uh, – it's good to hear that they are playing uh, well or they're being um, pushed and they're doing well in, in workouts. High school-wise, no shock here. Um, and this is probably a lot of the strength staff and conditioning staff's first – kind of extended experience with JV and Toviano, but mm -hmm. the buzz I've heard is they were like, this guy's a true leader. He's already taken over and workouts and you, I mean, he's a consensus, what top 100 player. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone had him outside the top 150. So a really good player coming out of a really good school. 
uh, or program uh, in the Texas area or in Texas, and now signs with LSU. We knew it was a big win on the recruiting front, but clearly he's coming in. And anyone who's even watched Javian Toviano's commitment uh, ceremony can yeah. tell that, all right, this guy's probably a leader, pretty likable. Um, and certainly I've heard that uh, the staff at LSU has been impressed by him. Even Brian Kelly praised him uh, on signing day for kind of how it was to recruit Toviano. So a defensive back we uh, will be watching. And obviously one thing we'll watch is if he's playing corner or playing safety because he can do both. And um, they'll probably move some guys around uh, during spring ball. Yeah, Tiger Mike, um, asked about any coaching changes. I think all that kind of stuff, if it's happening or – Moving people around happens after signing day for sure. Um, but to this point, we've heard not there's been no official uh, news of coaching changes at LSU. Uh, we've talked about that a lot on the pod. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly's going to want to maintain some sort of continuity as best he can um, in terms of going from year one to year two, both with the roster and uh, the actual staff. So not a ton of movement, even off the field, hasn't been a ton of movement. Uh, for LSU uh, in terms of analysts, just a few uh, guys or GAs getting other jobs um, or assistants. So not a, not certainly nothing like last year, Matty B, where they everybody in, that worked in football was new. Yeah, and that, that was the that. plan. That was the plan, I think, uh, coming into his first year, barring something going, you know, crazy wrong or or, or a staff member getting a promotion, uh, which, you know, was we thought during the year was possible, whether that was Madhouse, you know, getting poached as a head coach. Obviously, I think there's kind of some time, you know, I think if the defense has a good year this year, then it's probably more likely that team uh, schools start coming at him uh, to be a head coach. But at this moment, I think it was just too new his first year back in college. And uh, yeah, the rest of the staff, I think has done a good job. We've got uh, Cairo Tiger asked, who stands to see a big role increase if they can get in ideal shape? Um, I know one coach mentioned Greg Penn getting leaner, et cetera. Give me your top three guys. They have, let me see. They have 40. It's a tough question. Three, 41 players are coming back. So that's not a big pool for us to even choose from. We can expand this question a tad by just saying, who do you think will get an expanded role if they can elevate their game a little bit? And I think Greg Penn is a, a, Look, he started every game, so I don't know how much more expanded his role could be, but clearly they brought in another linebacker out of the portal. I can answer the question with one. Well, maybe two. Well, let's do with one. Uh, Someone actually posted on the board. I forget who the poster was. I'm sorry, I forgot. But they posted the picture of Quincy Wiggins that LSU posted, and I was like, yeah, he does. He looks thinner. He looks um, lean, I think, to a degree. And um, I don't think he's – I don't think he's a candidate to play Jack, but if he does slim down, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by it if they did. But I think from a defensive end standpoint, uh, it was important to see coming out of high school. We were like, okay, he could play inside. He could play edge. We weren't 100% sure. Now, if he, get, you know, leaned out uh, with the way he's looking, I think he can be a very, very talented defensive end for this team. I think sage ryan and maybe he doesn't fit into the getting in shape part of it i mean i'm sure he's in fine shape but yeah. i feel like he's a guy who if if he takes that next step and has a big off season that they'll trust him a lot more to have him out there and look they're gonna have to have him out there regardless i think yeah. but i think they would feel a lot better about it if he can take that jump from uh year two to year three um played a good bit as a sophomore obviously this year 
it's kind of it's kind of different because obviously he's in shape, but like if he can be more physical, you know, I think that's that's a separate point, but it's a similar point to where if he can be more physical and hold down that nickel spot, that would be a a huge boost because obviously it's like we want him to be like Greg Brooks, but Greg Greg Brooks last year was just more dynamic, more physical. That he just checked a couple more boxes. So if he can get to that level, I would feel a lot better about better about Sage Ryan. Um, I got one. Or I got two. Well, this one is not getting in better shape. He's probably in the best shape of anyone on the team. Yeah. Everybody would like a Chris Hilton would be a get yeah. healthy thing. Like if Chris a Chris Hilton. Hilton can stay healthy, I really believe he's got a tool set that not many other guys in the room have that they can utilize. One that fits into the if they can get in good shape or if they're in, you know, top shape, I think is the center battle. Like if Charles Turner gets even stronger in the weight room and, you know, maybe adds a little more weight because that was the, Hey, you can get pushed around a little bit because he's obviously on the lighter side of what the offensive linemen are weighing. And then right behind him is Marlon Martinez, who you can probably just put get in shape for any offensive lineman. And Brad Davis would be like, yeah, hundred percent. Like that guy needs to get in better shape. So Marlon Martinez and Charles Turner, I think is a battle that not only is playing out in terms of talent, but also playing out of like, Hey, who physically can really give us something there? Because at times Turner did get, you know, pushed around. That's a, yeah, that's a really good question um, that we got. Cause it did, even though I like this whole team has been in, was in great shape last year compared to where they were, you know, a couple years ago. Um, there's still an off season where a guy like Quincy Wiggins and, you know, Charles Turner and all these guys will have physical goals to meet before the season starts. I think another Jacobian Gillery could be good. Because would I just think with Jaquel and Roy gone, Jacobian will take a step forward in a big way just because more opportunity. But he wasn't having to carry a lot of snaps in recent years. He would play, but he wasn't having to go a lot of snaps. Like, I think if he gets himself, if he is in good shape for fall camp, he could carry some snaps for him as a nose tackle. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have the players that just need to get healthy and stay healthy, like an Armani Goodwin and Matthew Langlaw and, you know, fill in the rest from there. Yeah, Chris Hilton. Chris Hilton. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I like that question. Um, two, two, five tigers is the NFL rigged. People are upset. Maddie B very upset. Very upset. They're not happy uh, with the, I think this is all directed at the Bengals. It is Chiefs game. I don't know how many people are upset about the Eagles blowing out. It is. There's the probably Niners. still, there's probably still some animosity from the, the, the non pass interference call a few years ago with the, the Rams, but, um, yeah, still, it is definitely from that. I overall, I enjoyed the games. Did you? I mean, I obviously don't have a, a great game. I was going for the Bengals for what it's worth, but you know, Mahomes was out there on one leg throwing darts. That's uh, tough to beat. It's very clear that those with those two and Josh Allen, the AFC Championship games are in good hands for a while. Yeah. Yeah, the NFC, there's no quarterbacks. That's like Jalen Hurts is is up there, and then you got you got the Kirk Cousins Vikings, you know, Dak Prescott Cowboys, and uh, the 49ers on their fourth quarterback. So the quarterback matchup was a lot better than the AFC, that's for sure. And just think, I mean, then you got Lamar. Yeah. You got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. There's some, a lot, a lot some better. solid Tua, Herbert, obviously. Herbert, Tua. Obviously, yeah. Tua. So Go down the list. 
AFC quarterback heavy, NFC can't find any quarterbacks. We just got Jalen Hurts running through things. The Cowboys still can't win. Crazy. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have the NFC holding on for <laughs> dear life at quarterback. It's uh, Justin Jefferson's the MVP of the NFC. So there you go. No, no doubt about it. Um, let's see. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think the NFL is rigged. I just <laughs> I think, think so. the refs, I think some players said it really well because I saw like everybody was chiming in on missed calls and all this. And I think it boils down to the reality that it's really hard to be a referee and see every call. Like that's what a number of players were saying there. I, I look, man, like there's missed calls every game, all game. Like, yeah, you can train them to be better. They can execute better. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's a tough job. Uh, yeah, no, I, I very, very, very real, rarely have compl- real issues with refereeing. Um, in basketball, I make fun of the charge a lot, but that's kind of a rule thing. It's not a referee thing. So you have that. And then, um, heck, in tennis, they got rid of the the line people. So they just do computer now. So how long until the NFL figures out how to referee games with computers? Yeah, and as evidenced by the World Cup, soccer just can go straight computer and be good with it. Just go computer. Just, just figure it out. Let's see where we're at now. Um BR Tiger one. It seems we're seven players away from the scholarship max of 85. It seems obvious we need a couple more linebackers. Could you use a couple more O-line guys on the inside? Possibly another good looking DT, a blocking tight end to give the young time guys time to mature. What are y'all's thoughts? Those all sound like very great uh, additions that would help the team out in a big way. Like I think in an intriguing one would be a veteran. Like that's, what's funny about the portal. You've got three tight ends you just signed out of high school, though, and you feel good about them. And then you've got Mason Taylor, who was only a freshman this year. So, like, you're like, man, we're really good for the future. But all we have is Mason Taylor, who's ever put on a uniform at the college level. Do like the ideal portal ad would be like, give us a guy who's a grad student with one year that could come right back off the roster a year from now, and you're not having to spend multiple years of scholarships on him. And he could play for you this year and basically bide time with Mason Taylor until the other guys get ready, whether it's this year or next year. So I almost put that in linebacker up there as two that I'd be like, man, I would do that if I was LSU. Like I'd get another linebacker and I'd get an older tight end. Yeah, it's um, it's real interesting because then it's kind of like you just like filter it. You're like, all right, grad student, tight end, you know, one year of eligibility. Probably from a P5. Oh, they could have, you know, at maybe, this point, maybe from anywhere. Yeah, maybe a G5. You can get a starter and started from the G5 level. Um, yeah, that that would be interesting. I think linebacker, there's they will eventually add somebody else, whether it's a starter or not, whether it's a guy with experience or not. I don't know, but I think linebacker would make sense. And then I mean, we've already seen them try to go after some interior offensive linemen. Right. We've seen, yeah, we've seen the interior offensive line moves being made already. So the, this portal window is closed, or I should say the first one, the next one is May 1st to 15th. So we'll see more guys enter then. In the meantime, all schools can recruit the guys who are currently in the portal. So we'll continue to have news on that as it comes. But as of right now, they have basically announced, enrolled and began practicing 11 transfer portal additions. That's what the current count is at. Yeah. Um, Hunter Fournette's still mad about NFL refs, or I guess he is then mad. Previously, it was somebody else. Uh, Bourbon and Cheerios, longtime listener, first time mailbagger, obviously. 
Um, which player what runs the weight room? Basically the Michael Ford, he just rolls up, everyone gets out of the way and he squats 700. Like it's nothing. Um, Makai Wingo got all the awards for that. Yeah. This past year from the staff. So, and I could see him getting in the weight room and just <laughs> going hard. Crushing it. D tackles are, are like that. Like Jacobin Guillory was a national powerlifting champ uh, in high school, like multiple times. So he could throw some weight around. My pick would be those guys. Your I'm, defensive sure, I'm sure Mason Smith holds his own too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the big boys on the D-line are the ones who can go in there and really throw some weight around. But Wingo is one person who everybody sort of talks I'm, about. I'm trying, to uh, think he, go ahead. I'm trying to think of a player like, you know, ratio to body, you know, body weight ratio to like how much they're lifting, how much like who I just think. I, I don't know anything, but just who I would think would be impressive. I, how much does Brian Thomas weigh? Brian Thomas, I feel like, could just move weight. <laughs> like he's Bri- uh, Brian Thomas is an unassuming athlete. If you ever spend time around him, he talks with a very low tone. Yeah. He's very quiet. Him and Chris Hilton are a lot alike in that regard. They kind of mm-hmm. just kind of cruise yeah, through things. Play. They're not drawing all the attention to him. But Brian Thomas, you put him on a basketball court. Chris Hilton, too. They were phenomenal high school players, especially Brian Thomas in basketball uh, and obviously stud football players. So, yeah, I bet they can do some things in the weight room. Chris Hilton was jumping like state record high jumps as a freshman in high school. Um, I, I Maybe I'm making this up, but I had heard Jay Ward was like really good in the weight room in terms of like a, yeah. a DB being able to like lift some no, for sure. do some things. That wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, Greg Brooks is five. Nine, five, ten. I feel like Greg at this point, he's like fifty or sixty year guy, fifty year guy. I think so. He could probably do. He's probably pretty strong. I could see uh, one of the running backs being a beast in the weight room. Oh yeah, like a Noah, like a Noah Kane or someone. I bet there's some of them that can really lift some weight. For sure, for sure. That is interesting. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, good question. I don't know that. Not none of them are Michael Ford. I'll tell you that. That was before your days, Matty B. But this Definitely. kid, Wampus Cat, came out of Leesville and. uh he used to have pictures of him like as his profile pic where he was just like on a bar doing pull-ups with like, you know, tons of weight strapped his uh, around his waist. He was a yeah. state champ. He was a monster in the weight room. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't think they have any Michael Fords. I'll have to ask about that. Um, when was the last time you lied to someone and why did you lie to them, Maddie B? That's what Berman Insurance wants to know. I saw this and I thought about it. Um, I don't know if this counts as a lie, but I texted you I was eating cereal and I found out I didn't have any milk, so I did not eat the cereal this morning. Just gotta, I gotta wasn't go buy worried some about cereal. it. Gotta and now you've some. already within an hour told me that, <laughs> it was, that it was not true. There you go. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'd have to. I don't know. Take your time. All right. It would just be some like little white lie, right? Um, <laughs> of course, definitely not a big lie. Don't don't reveal any big. Oh lies. yeah, you know what? I've got it. <clears throat> the woman who just this is a recent lie from today. Uh, the woman who was coming to spray for uh, like the pest, pest control outside yeah. showed up, and I had the dogs inside, and I let her know that, and then she said, "Well, do you need to let them out real quick or whatever? Because they probably shouldn't come out for a little while after." And I said, I just let them out, which was not true, but I just, I had the podcast and I didn't feel like oh, you're letting to them go. out. And then it's 
like raining here still kind of, and it's wet and then I got to get them dried <laughs> off. So instead of explaining all that, I was just like, nah, they just went out. So that was my <laughs> if wife. She's listening. If you're listening, Shay apologizes. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're now, if you're now driving around on your way home from work and realize you were lied to earlier today, <laughs> just a white lie. That's a good one. Uh, it's which song can you guys not resist rolling down your window and singing whenever it comes on? And that's bourbon and Cheerios final offering of his normal trifecta of questions. There's too many. There's too many. There's too many. Any, uh, a lot of genres, a lot of songs, probably some boosie. Yeah. I mean, set it, it off, pick, pick an artist. I could probably give you a song or two that I will sing. In the yeah. Car. I'll just set it off. Sing in the car by yourself. I mean, who doesn't sing in the car by themselves? That's normal. I don't know if I do. I may just mumble words, but or, you <laughs> Shay know. doesn't sing in the car by himself. Dang. Mouth it. Dang, you just mouth the words. Oh, uh, let's see. Clarence Clarence Beaks. Realizing that I expect Kelly to be opportunistic in the second portal window, so the roster isn't done. But as it stands now, what's the feeling on the position groups this team this year compared to last year? I think overall, I look at it. Oh, that's such a loaded question. Yeah, I don't know who. Jeez. Like, I'll go. My one thing is like DB. Last year, I thought DB was a real concern because they took a bunch of transfers that I had never seen play. And they weren't really from like Bernard Converse came from a big situation at Oklahoma State, but it yeah, wasn't like there were a bunch of Denver Harrises or Deuce Chestnuts, like guys that were young and highly recruited and all that. But then they ended up playing really well. Like I could mm-hmm. say, like I don't know anything about corner because none of these guys have ever played before here. But it seems like they addressed it well. Yeah, it seems like they addressed it well. But at the same time, it's like it's going to take a lot for them to play as well as they did last year. Like last year's DB room was really, really solid by the end of the year. So on paper, I would probably take this year's. But you're, you're going to have to execute at a high level like Bernard Converse and Gardner did. I mean, Gardner's going to get drafted, and I thought Bernard Converse was really, really solid throughout the year. So, I mean, that's when that's in cornerback room. But you can go position by position. I don't know. Offensively, there's no changes, right? Offensively, it's the same. Um, so, you know, don't have to worry about that. So, really, it's just defense. And defensive line, you probably look at, you're like you're adding. I don't know if you're adding Mason Smith if you add that, but if you are quote unquote adding Mason Smith, then um, you're probably, you're replacing Roy with Smith, replacing gay with Jones, let's just say, and um, replacing Ojalari with like a Gofu or Womack. I don't know. I think Micah, ba- it, they need Omar Spates to be good so yeah. that Micah Baskerville's presence is not realized or his good point his lack of presence has not become an issue for him uh, yeah. because that's when linebacker, especially when you play into coverage, like you're the linebacker goes into coverage a good bit and they have Harold Perkins already roaming around doing all the fun stuff. Like Baskerville was such a underrated part of when defense was having success. He wasn't your leading tackler. Greg Penn was actually, but he was certainly played uh, as much as anyone once he was out there. So yeah, that'll be one to watch. Um, I actually think, not think I know I feel better about quarterback now than I did a year ago because now I've seen Jaden play and I've seen Nussmeyer play. So when you say like you're one injury away from a backup, like I feel better now about the backup than I did going into last year. I mean, think about where we were last year. I mean, and that we, 
LSU didn't even have Jaden Daniels at this point last year. They when did they add Jaden? It was no, not until March. March, yeah. So they they didn't even have Jaden at this point. Um, but let's just say even with Jaden, you had Jaden, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, and Miles Brennan, and you're just like, you don't know anything about any of them, really. Like Jaden Daniels, it was the only one you knew anything about. But even then, it was a lot of question marks coming over. I mean, Brennan hadn't played in two years. Nussmeyer, you know, had gotten a few games, but we didn't know anything. So. That's a that's 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 the right pick right there is the quarterback position. I think you feel the best about that's the biggest difference from last year to this year. I saw a great uh, tweet from LSU, too, of all the different like numbers. Jaden's now number two at uh, and number one and many that include rushing. So we've seen a very productive. I'm not I'm not sitting here breaking apart how the entire season unfolded. Obviously, he knows he can play better in certain spots and yeah. push the ball downfield more, whatever it might be. But. Uh, we know what we're getting in Jaden Daniels now, at least overall, which is a very solid upper tier SEC quarterback in terms of who everyone is going to be trotting out there next season. Uh, and a veteran. He has 40 something starts under his belt. And then uh, Nussmeyer obviously flashed in the Georgia game and the bowl game. Uh, and he looked like the real deal. So definitely feel better there. Um, Roy Hobbs has a spring football schedule been released, practice his spring game. It has not been, but football. Spring ball will start in March. It's usually like right before the, it's like around the middle of the month or right before that. And then the spring game will be in mid April, late April. So no, no official dates, but that's been usually what they've done barring a week or two. Yeah. Let's see. There's a recruiting question. Uh, Grape Swisha. Who's the last guy on the team you want to throw hands with? I get probably smoked. any of them, but I'd get smoked so fast. Uh, none of them. Makai Wingo, there you go. Mason Smith, <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, but, but then again, Mason Smith and Makai Wingo are two of like the nicest guys ever, so you would think that they would then, like, <laughs> after one hit, they're not the, the fight's over and they're not doing anything. Like, <laughs> they're apologizing, like, I'm sorry, I gotta do this, and boom, it's just over. I think the real, for a little the bit real trick would done. be finding out like who LSU's like. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is or someone who's like you're already going to get beat up by everyone even the kicker you don't want like this dude who doesn't care at all to be whooping up on you yeah <laughs> I don't know who that would be yeah I don't know either that's that's a good point that's funny I'll choose Harold Perkins I don't want him whooping up on me I don't want yeah no I don't want to be around I don't want I don't want to be a meme where Harold's standing over my lifeless body <laughs> like Jackson Dart he recreates the Jackson Dart <laughs> picture. That's a great photo. Uh, Air Force vet. Are there any safeties on roster who can move to a linebacker if needed? My issue here would be, I don't think they have many safeties. The only one I can think of is Kylan Jackson and they just signed him as a, as a, as a safety. And I, don't and think, I think he's a, yeah. And I like him at safety because I think he can yeah. play into the box. Yeah. Um, no, I would say all these guys that they have are safeties. I don't like um Jordan Allen, I don't think will be a linebacker at all. He's a, he's a really yeah. he got played a nickel a lot. I think if anything he's a safety before he's a linebacker. So yeah. uh T Castine asked, was there any buzz around Quincy Wiggins improvement or if he's had major expectations for year two? Uh you talked about Quincy, the photo of him and him leaning up and looking like he could be a guy who could play edge is where they have him or if he stands up at times and plays jack um he's obviously pretty versatile uh in terms of where he was coming out of high school to what he is now and we heard brian kelly talk a lot about quincy wiggins like 
before bowl practices, he was like, we're going to give Quincy a lot of bowl reps. And then because there was no red shirt rule in the bowl game, like they were able to play him. I mean, he looks the part, obviously, and now there's an open spot. So I would say Quincy's battle is really Savion Jones. And then what Paris Shan does is a guy who maybe moves around a little bit on the defensive line, but will probably play that end spot. There's competition. Savion Jones is really good, so mm-hmm. there's competition. My expe- yeah, my expectations for Quincy Wiggins were high last year. Um, obviously, the injury sucked, but my expectations are still very high for Quincy Wiggins uh, going into to this year as well. So um, I don't think I'm people realize either. On three had um, Savion Jones as a five-star, and then a couple different sites had Quincy Wiggins as a five-star. So these are two guys who – were viewed as very highly ranked prospects because of what they could mold into. Now we're starting to see that Jones is a year older, uh, but we're starting to see kind of them come into their own, at least with Jones this year and hopefully Wiggins as well. Tiger Law, not a quite okay. He was just wondering about a uh, women's basketball previews up on the site. There you go. Yeah, Check the, it out. the Lady Balls and the Tigers uh, face off in the PMAC tonight. Maddie B has the breakdown on the site already. Um. All right, this is the last question. I'm and the one that you said you loved. I'm love just it. now seeing this because this came. I love hy- I love hypotheticals. I love hypotheticals with like adding players to different teams. So go ahead. If you could add one offense and one defensive player to this year's roster from the 2019 team, who would it be? But he puts in the caveat that first rounders are off the table, so you can't choose Burrow. Jefferson, um, and then you know what? Queen, Edward Lair, Jamar Chase, Chase, obviously, Stingley, Stingley. and Kalevon Chase, and Chase on. So that would be all of them. Oh, he actually wrote them out. I could have just read that. Oh, yeah, you didn't. Oh, you didn't read it off the top. Good job. I I was just trying to think of who all was first round picks. Okay. (laughs) So no Burrow, no Chase on, no Jefferson, no Chase, no Queen, no Edwards Alaire, and no Stingley. And then he does list out all of your options here, but you get one on offense and one on defense. So do you list it out a lot? List it out home, all of the possible ones. Yeah, people at right. home think about it. Guys who got drafted off the past 2019 team. So and could have been record. drafted at any time since then. Any time since 2019. Right. Was 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 drafted after. But um looking at this list, and I really appreciate him for typing out the list so I didn't have to look this up. Um, two names stand out immediately. Um, the first being Damone Clark. I think Damone Clark was is probably the obvious pick, maybe, unless if you're seeing something else here. Uh, but Damone Clark would probably be my pick because you just you plug him in, and I think it makes life a lot easier for everybody else on this team and how good he was as a senior. Um, and he probably would have been. I mean, he definitely would have been picked higher if not for the the injury that he he suffered. So. Um, yeah, Damone Clark's my first pick on defense, um, and then I'll let you go. I'll let you go because then I have my offensive pick as well. Okay, I'll go. You went first, so I'll go double now. I'll do yeah, both. Get, yeah, we have both of yours. We're snaking this. Um, Snake it. I think that I like the Damone Clark pick, especially with linebacker. And looking at the list, I would choose Grant Delpit. Yeah, I mean, okay. give me a Thorpe winner no at safety. That. To go along with 
Major Burns or Greg Brooks or whomever I want to play back there, Sage Ryan. I don't, you know, now I've got some options. I could play Greg Brooks at the nickel, keep Major Burns at safety, have Grant Delpit back there. So, and now that Delpit's been healthy in the NFL, he's played very well. Um, it's a good pick. I'll take a Thorpe Award winner. That might that sure. might be the right pick. Second second rounder. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Grant Delpit. And I think it would be close too because I would take Christian Fulton onto this team too. I was gonna say, now I've got a lockdown corner. Nasty. And Denver Harrison, those guys, whatever they give me is gravy. I'll just put Christian Fulton on their best guy every game. I like it. Then your second best guy is getting guarded by Denver Harris. That's a tough out. I like it. I like those two. So I would take a DB, but I'd take Delpit because I think they have less safeties right now. I agree. I'd probably go Delpit too if I didn't take Clark. But like Offense. Clark. Oh, okay. Am I taking your K- pick here? You probably are. Go, go take Cade York. Why not? I am. Are you taking Cade York? I'm going to not go offense. I'll go kicker. Well, he says offense and defense. I'm switching it up. I'm going to give up my offensive pick for a kicker because he's part of my offense, obviously. Yeah. I just feel like uh, there's a lot of games in the SEC where it's close, and if you've got a dude who can kick it 60 and in at the – you know, 50-something and in and feel good about it, we saw this year they were 35 and in pretty much. It was <clears> – <throat> you had to actually drive down and get to the red zone to feel good about a field goal. Cade York is just out there. You're good. If you even cross midfield, you were about to be in field goal range. So, I'll go Cade York. I have a question. Because I don't, I don't know. Okay, well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the pick and then I'll ask the question. Uh, I'll go Ty Davis-Price. Because I think he would have been – I think he is – he's better than everybody they have on the roster right now. I think he just is. So, Ty Davis-Price would be my pick. Um, but Lloyd Cushenberry at center, would that have been a good pick? I think that would be a great pick. I didn't cover the team on a day-to-day basis. I know who he is, but on a day-to-day basis, I didn't know how good he was in college. I like the I like the Davis Price. I think it was 2020 season when it was Davis Price and Emory um, yep. back there getting the carries. Yep. Chris Curry was on that team uh, still, if I believe. Mm-hmm. But okay, so that's our picks. I passed on offense. Had I gone offense, I do like your Lloyd Cushenberry pick. Yeah, if Brian Kelly has been flirting with centers in the portal, you're not getting one better than Lloyd Cushenberry. Yeah, that's probably that's I wouldn't be mad at that pick over Ty Davis Price. So that's a good. Thank you for the hypothetical, Nola. Yeah, NolaFan33 came up with the question. I liked it. Yeah, I like it. Those would, those would be my picks. Always and welcome I, uh, hypothetical questions. I feel good about them. I'm looking down. So I took a second rounder and a fourth rounder. You took a – well, that doesn't really play well for you because you took a guy who fell on the draft boards because he was hurt. Yeah. Damone so, Clark. Probably a second or third rounder in Clark and then – uh, third rounder and Ty Davis Price. Ty Davis Price was under, underrated. Well, was- unfortunately for Brian Kelly, this is not a real game. <laughs> he does not get to have any of these players. All on right, but team. okay, of the Chase Stingley Jefferson chase on Queen, who are you taking? Only well, yeah, we're not putting Burrow in that, right? Yeah, no, no. But- so everyone that was a first rounder, but not Burrow. Yeah, who are you taking for this team specifically? That's really tough. Um, ooh, I, I don't. Um, I wa- okay. Well, I think that 
it's very hard not to choose Jefferson or Chase because you're getting one of the best receivers in the NFL, let alone college football, and both of them dominated. Patrick Queen would be intriguing for me because he would be the best linebacker you have, and linebacker is a need. Yeah. Stingley would be interesting too. Or Stingley, right? You can get your lockdown corner. Whew. I mean, yeah, you t- yeah, you're talking about Fulton. You get Stingley for a season. Um, oh, yeah, we'll just stick with receiver. I think Jefferson or Chase. Flip a coin. Take one. There you go. All, All right. right. Is that it? We got anything else? We no, got- that was it. Everybody's questions got answered today. Sweet. There you go. Um, thank you all for the questions. We have fun doing these Monday mailbags, even during the off season on January 30th. Uh, keeps us uh, having fun. Uh, like like we said, women's basketball game tonight, 6 o'clock at the PMAC. Um, sold out, close to a sellout, whatever it is. Wear white, be there, or watch on TV. It'll be fun. We'll have a game thread going. We'll have a recap up. We got a preview up right now. Um, Shay's story on um, the NIL collective we talked about earlier is up. Loaded podcast. Uh, the site is uh, doing great right now. So subscribe if you have not already. $30 will get you through uh, or to September, I believe. And you, I believe we still have the hats. We got hats. Damn, I dropped my watch. Still got the hats. So, um, yeah, subscribe. Become a founding member. Um, instead of buy your traditions, subscribe to the Bengal Tiger. There That's right. There you go. If you really want to give your money somewhere, it's here. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Subscribe, leave a comment, share, and all that good stuff. Um, and we will talk to y'all later. We should be back with the recruiting podcast this week as well.